So Justine, this is the episode that you really wanted to do, right? Like you were looking forward uh, to this one? I mean, yeah, but, <laughs> but I think it's mostly because as we were planning this series, I'm just on a few different pages than the two of you are, especially you, Abdul. So that's, I mean, like, I'm just excited to hear your perspectives on Black love. Um, I'm also, I'm also, I just, I just love love, you know, love is good. Romantic love is great. So I'm looking love forward love. to this one. I love love. Definitely <laughs> looking forward to this one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, this, I, what I'm hoping that happens in this episode <laughs> is that I'm hoping that we capture the energy that we did at the restaurant because that's that's gonna be fire that energy was wild yes as yeah. you changed justine no i have not abdul was actually coming from my throat he was like yo i <laughs> i got so, so i'm ready i'm ready to hear i don't think you're ready <laughs> i don't either but we'll see <laughs> no it's only because I have thought about this mm-hmm. and well, for a long time. Yes. You know, I, I've been, I I've bet. been, I've been thinking about this in some version since college. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. And, and maybe it wasn't called like, well, we, maybe we call it some version of black love. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this for a long time now. Check this out. So we used to have as an undergrad. So, you know how, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're younger, you're like, like in your early twenties and all the emotions are so much more heightened and everything feels yes, so are, much yeah. more intense. Oh, you're 29. I mean, this was, <laughs> this was yesterday for you. Well, <laughs> but still, but, but, but by 29, it's even changed. It's even changed enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know, if you're like, right. when you're, when you're an undergrad, like when you're fresh out, fresh out of home, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, like when you're in the dorms before you've had a job, before you like, like when you're still figuring out who you are. <laughs> And all the emotions are so high. So we used to have, a, there, there was a thing on campus. It used to be called, okay, excommunicated, right? And one what of the- What was the name of it? It was just, well, it wasn't, it was being excommunicated. Okay. So like for some reason, me and my homies were sometimes really like paranoid about being excommunicated or exed as, as we called it, being mm-hmm. exed by the sisters. Wow. So, and so like, man, thought you can't do that because boy, this is going to X you for sure. Like you can't, <laughs> you know, and, and like that was, that was so heightened for us when we were yeah. younger, Yeah. but, and a lot of it and pretty much most of it had to do with the whole dating situation, mm-hmm. you know? And so I say all that to say that, that I've been mulling over these kind this, some, yeah. some form of this conversation since i was 17 18 years old interesting so you know this actually reminds me abdul because you and i recorded an episode called this or that yep the interracial dating episode that's right yes the interracial dating so listeners if you have not listened to that one yet you might want to go back that was a really fun one for us to do and um actually the the name of that episode came from that song that you talked about abdul this that's right this or that (laughs) see andres you missed that one yeah, no, you, you were you were doing different things on that one. So <laughs> I was you, had, that. you had bigger fish to fry. <laughs> you were doing that. Yes. Yeah, you were doing that. <laughs> oh. 
Greetings and what's good, everybody. Welcome to the Christian Soldier Podcast, a social justice, faith-minded podcast featuring three friends from across the diaspora exploring life at the intersection of race, ethnicity, gender, culture, politics, and basically living while black. I'm Abdullah Muhammad. I'm Andres Amador. And I'm Justina Kingy. And we are just three POC in the cornfield, living life, loving Jesus, and fighting the good fight in these rough and tumble podcast streets. Okay, soldiers. So during the first episode of our current series, each co-host shared which episodes they were most looking forward to. And if I remember correctly, y'all, each one of us mentioned Black Romantic Love. Um, as being one of the many, or maybe one of the two or the three that we were looking forward to. Um, we've definitely been chomping at the bit for this one. And today we yes. finally, finally get to talk about romantic love. And as I was kind of reflecting about this, I was like, man, why are we so hyped up? Like, why are we so ready to talk about Black romantic love? And I think the first reason is because Black romantic love is the wellspring from which other aspects of positive blackness flow from. I mean, if you think about black parenting, mm. the black family, black wealth, y'all, black money, black faith, all of these things flow from the fullness and the beauty of black romantic love. In a sense, we really cannot adequately discuss other aspects of black love without first having a healthy understanding of black romantic love. You know, secondly, as I mentioned at the start of uh, today's episode, love and romantic love really um, is just worth celebrating. I love love. I think we all love love. Um, however, there is undeniably a lack of positive and healthy imagery and representation of Black romantic love in our society. Um, for every example of authentic, strong, loving Black love, that is portrayed in our media, there are several louder, more consistent images of dysfunction. Um, just to give a quick example here, you know, when I was a sophomore in college, which is, I don't know, maybe like a decade ago, yikes. I Stop right there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm old. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> just I used, to, <laughs> I used to watch a show called uh, Love and Hip Hop. Y'all might have heard about it. And Man, that I mean, that show literally portrayed black men in such a negative light and black women as well in such a negative light. And every relationship in that show was just full of dysfunction. And as I was kind of reflecting, I was like, wow, like, I don't really think media does a good job of portraying the beauty and the resilience and the strength of black love. You know, and as you know, like, as I'm kind of saying this, like, maybe just think to yourself, like, what are some negative shows or media that you've seen that portray um, black love in a negative light? And what are some positive imagery that you've seen that portray black love? Well, uh, then the third one, y'all, um, I also think that a lot of us are not really familiar uh, with the nuanced nature of black romantic love, its history and what it represents. So. If you are a listener, I hope you know that during slavery, the idea of marriage as an enduring lifelong bond was rarely an option for enslaved people, right? And this is because white slaveholders determined whether and when enslaved people could wed. And um, a lot of times, just at the whim of the slave owner, Black families would be broken up. Black couples would be broken up. Um, and so really just the fact that even Black people can get married today 
is a miracle, you know, like it's a testament to the resilience of Black love and how far we've come as a community. Um, then <laughs> there was a time when African-Americans could not marry white people. And we're going to get more into that, right? Um, you know, just loving day and what that means and what that represents um, for our community. But there was a time when miscegenation laws made it illegal for African-Americans and white people to marry or engage in intimate relationships. In the and I'm very sure this recent hits. past. Yes, 1967. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 1967, y'all, think about that. Um, then also, you know, given the diversity of Black people and the multi-ethnic nature of our society, Black love does not fit into just one box. It takes numerous shapes, shades, forms, looks, and expressions. And the reason that I, you know, um, that I've kind of been thinking about this, I have a lot of African-American friends who are dating or married to African people. And I'm like, those are still very distinct cultures, you know, and I think a lot of times when we think of black love, we tend to put it in one box, but I'm hoping that during this episode, we can realize that, man, black love is so diverse, you know, it's so diverse. It comes in all shapes, colors, sizes, forms. Um, it doesn't have to be a woman with a man. It can be a woman with a woman. It can be a man with a man. It can be so many other things, right? So um, I'm glad that we can celebrate and highlight that. Then, um, and you guys, I really want to get your perspective on this one, but I think a lot of times Black love is viewed with a very reductive lens, you know? Yep. Black love is viewed just from the perspective of the experience of Black love and whatever people think that experience is, but we never really think about the people and the holistic nature of the people that are in those relationships. And I wonder if part of that, you know, like if part of that is the is the fetishization and the objectification of black bodies. What do y'all think about that one? I mean, yes, I yes. I mean, there it it definitely is very it's very reductive. And it seems like, you know, so a lot of a lot of the portrayals of black love in movies and media. Mm -hmm. So well, they used to be written exclusively by white people hmm. right so like you see old movies and all that kind of stuff um who's writing those movies right you know before before we were given inroads into hollywood yeah. we weren't yeah. the ones writing those movies and mm -hmm. so it was it was inherently a caricature of what right. someone thought black love was because it didn't come from us you know it it would it would be it would be like me a straight you know cisgendered male writing a movie and a love story about a lesbian couple or a transgender person mm -hmm. you know i can only write it from my perspective of what i've seen right and right. it is inherently inauthentic and it's inherently a caricature mm. but now we've got we've got our people who are telling like we're telling our own stories and everything yeah. right and what I hate about that is even though we're not, you know, like this uniform monolithic group and people are allowed to tell, to tell stories in a different fashion, there's some of the ways that people tell our stories. I just wish they wouldn't do like love and hip hop. Like, don't do that to us. Yeah, if people already have stereotypes about us kind of thing, don't reinforce those stereotypes. Right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so 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 now that we're telling our stories, they they are all over the spectrum, but you know, I wish they were much more. I guess not controlled, but positive, you know, maybe positive. Yeah, tell sto- tell stories from the perspective of like the best of us, so to speak. Hmm. Yeah, I don't understand why telling that story doesn't. I don't know. Like for some reason. It doesn't seem to catch on because if Hollywood were to make money doing mm. more uh, Love Jones, they would be doing it, mm. right? So what is it about all of us that we m- much rather watch Love and Hip Hop than, you know, Love Jones? Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't get that. Um, I mean, I can't. In the last five years, I cannot recall a movie where the two leads were black and it was a love story or a romantic comedy or whatnot. I can't remember. I can't remember one. Queen and Slim. Is, uh, Which oh, one? Yeah. Queen and Slim. Yeah. And that one was huge. I never watched it. But there's also this one with Issa Rae. I forget. Is it called The Photograph? I don't, I don't remember. I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what the coincidence of you saying that movie? I I, I hadn't heard of that movie. <laughs> Queen and Slim, or yeah, okay. yeah, Queen, uh, Queen and Slim. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a song in there, "Collide," that I was going to bring up for liner notes. Liner notes. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yes that that song. I had that song on repeat often. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I didn't. Yeah. We can talk about that in liner notes, but since you mentioned <laughs> the movie, yeah, like yeah, it just came up like on Spotify, and I was like, oh my goodness. Anyway, yeah. But okay, okay. One, two, yeah. five years. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's still a fair point, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know what I think? Here's here's what I think. I think that um, a lot of times when you've received consistent negative messages about yourself, you really start to believe them, you know, and mm. you're like, maybe, maybe this is just what I am, you know? Yeah. And when I was a sophomore in college watching that show, all my friends were watching it, you know? And like, that right. was just the end thing, you know? Like, mm. yeah, so... Anyway, yep. Um, media has created a very reductive view and very negative view, I think, of Black Romantic Love. So, yeah. Were you going to say something, Abdul? You oh, I was. So, I was going to say one more thing about 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 this romantic love, right? Mm-hmm. So, there is a movie that came out in 2018, and it's and it's a great it's a great kind of intersectionality piece, so to speak. So, it's called Napoli Ever After. Oh my gosh! Yes, not Lathan. Y'all listen, right? that movie is the business. You it's watch really it. good. It's, it's really, really good. good. And, really and, good. and, um, yeah. So that's one where she, where the first, the first love story is about her learning to love herself and all of the baggage she had about the straight hair and the, and the perfect image and all that kind of stuff, you know? So the whole movie is like one big, long India Ari song, Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then she falls in love. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a great black love story that's not reductive in that. Yes, that movie is great. That movie and, really is good. And that woman, I just she's actually one of my favorite actresses. She's great. She's awesome. I love me some Sonali. Yes.
Okay, y'all. So with all these factors in mind, um, Black Romantic Love is actually a, a revolutionary act and it's an embodiment of history, resilience, beauty, and strength. And it is an honor for us to be able to just highlight that um, during this episode. Um, and you know, like one thing that I really appreciate about our podcast is that although we're all Black, we've had very different experiences, you know, um, just because that's just how it is, right? Again, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> to be to be Black is not to be monolithic. Like we've all had very different experiences. So we're not in a plantation no more. We's free now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We's free. We's in the north. Oh, oh my, my gosh, gosh that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> We's in the north now. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, Minnesota still got issues, but yeah. it's a conversation for a different day. Yes, yeah, it does. Got a lot of issues. You know, and Minnesota used to kind of feel like it was the like the utopia for black folks almost and especially Ooh. like the utopia for like for like biracial folks yeah mm. yeah it had that when we were in iowa state that was the rep that that was that was shangri-la up there but nowadays <laughs> no it's crazy I'm, I'm almost as afraid to go to to go to Minneapolis and go to birmingham right <laughs> right 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 i'm trying to get my sister to leave that state i'm like girl you need to leave anyway yeah. Um, so Andres, do you want to share with us what black love maybe looked like in your household growing up and what black love looks like in your life now? Sure. Well, th the thing is that as Puerto Rican, um, I didn't have that, the African-American experience mm -hmm. in this country and I didn't, I didn't see it and I didn't know anything about it until I came here in the nineties. Um, so and then, well, I'll start with my home. It's, it's just when I was growing up, well, I didn't grow up with, without a dad, so I didn't see romantic love expressed at home. Okay. You're and saying you did not grow up with a dad in the, in the home? Correct. Okay. Correct. So I didn't see that mm -hmm. growing up. Um, and then we, our family's not like it's this huge family, of course, but it was just basically my grandmother, my mother, and I. And we just weren't all that expressive anyway when just expressing love toward each other. I mean, yeah, of course we love each other and all that, but we weren't like, we're not huggers. We're not like, you know, love you and miss you and all that kind of stuff. So, so oh. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that mm -hmm. growing up. Mm -hmm. um, but here's okay, the thing, wait, wait. No. I'm curious, Andre. Yeah. Sorry. This no, and. You know, and this might be TMI. What is your love language then? Like, how do you receive love? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, is it uh, words of affirmation? No, no, it's not words. But it's uh, the one words. Uh, quality time, acts of service. Quality time, quality time. Oh, quality time. nice. Yes. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. 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 Quality time. So, basically, uh, the way that I saw love at my house, and I think I've, I've touched on this, was just it was just music. It was just music mm -hmm. all the time. Um, it, I think the reason I, I play it a lot mm -hmm. is just because that's just reminds me of home and it just reminds me of a place of just, it was just yeah. safety. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, and it, I'm not saying that home was all sunshines and rainbow, rainbows either, you know, but mm -hmm. it was just, it was just a really good place growing up, you know? Yeah. So there's music, then there's just food. You know, we've yeah, talked about this, big. you know, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like we were 
elaborate, my mom or grandma were elaborate, but it was just, it was a lot of love put into, into mm. the food, you know? Yeah. And you got a taste of that, Justine. You know, I did. You know, like, <laughs> Y'all, um, Puerto Rican food. <laughs> Lit. Right. Exactly. Um, so it's, we'll probably touch on this a little bit later, later on, on <laughs> Black love itself. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a little bit of an outsider when it comes to this. So, yeah. because, so in my mind, black love just refers as a place of refuge. You saying black love or black romantic love? Black romantic love. Got it. Yes. Black romantic love. And, and just black love in general, just it, within a, uh, Mm-hmm. And 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 for today's episode, what I'm what I'm, what I'm referring to is African American, because of course all three of us are black, but mm. we have we come from three different experiences, right? But I, I my mind just kept going to. I think this is more about an African American experience mm. in the states, mm. because I think in all the other countries, I mean, you and you know, you in Kenya. You don't, you don't talk about Kenyan love. You just that love, is true. Love the one you're with, yeah. right? <laughs> Who is yeah. most often going to be Kenyan, <laughs> right? <laughs> but Kenya is also, I mean, it's fairly ethnically diverse, isn't it? I mean, you know. So, so we have a lot of expats, meaning that we have a lot hmm. of um, foreigners that live there. And I'm going to talk about this later, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just 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 remind me to mention about the expats in Kenya. Okay, yes, for sure. But for sure. but other than that, it's it's ninety nine percent Kenyan period. Right. Okay, but we have lots of tribes in Kenya. Right. Okay. Okay. So so that's how I'm approaching this as a Puerto Rican and what I saw growing up, the romantic love that I saw in Puerto Rico. It was just like i couldn't get to a place where i was like oh this is puerto rican love first but it was like well yeah. it was home and it was it was love we weren't yeah. adding an adjective uh, to it. it it was just it was you know now yeah the way the french show love is going to be different than the british than the italians the south africans kenyans puerto ricans you know so while there's the diaspora mm-hmm. um i think for today's episode that's why i struggle a little bit because i think that what we're really talking about is just the african-american experience mm-hmm. in the states and black romantic love yes it's a form of of uh, uh resistance just yes. because of the history right it has to be right we were saying 53 years ago and we'll get to interracial part 53 years ago, it, it couldn't even be black and white. Yeah. You know, Abdul and I are going, well, you're going to be 49 here soon, but 53 years ago, 54 years ago, what yeah. I have with my wife, what you have with your wife, Abdul, mm-hmm. was illegal. Yeah. It's you know what I mean? wild, yeah. And yeah. it's completely wild. So, I, and that's why I keep calling to this, I keep coming back to this word refuge, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but I do want to make a point though that, there's a lot of influence in what's happening here in the States with African-Americans. It, it's, it's making it around the world, but I am seeing a big rise in that 
black love, not romantic love, just black love mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. Where, yeah, we grew up with the, oh, we're the three races and we're, we're mixed and, yeah. you know, um, and we didn't have the, the experience that the slaves had in the United States and that kind of stuff, right? But I am seeing, like, just recently, I just saw this influencer on Instagram. You know, she's black and she had the curly hair and she was just like, like proud of it. Where when I was growing up, you know, we had that pelo bueno, pelo, pelo malo, good hair, black, bad hair wow. thing. And I would hear it. I mean, I would hear, I would hear my grandmother talking about it. I would hear my mom talking about it. Oh. So I, I do, maybe, and, and I'm sure that bleeds into black romantic love on the island, but there is a sense of, Finally, you know, like, yes, I'm black. And yes, I get that we have the three racist, uh, the three, yeah, racist thing. Um, But I'm also black and I'm going to claim that Mm. part of who I am. And we're not going to whitewash it away. Mm. You know? Yeah. Uh, So then as, as far as me personally, so now this is away from being Puerto Rican, just me, Andres. So, you know, I'm not a, a PDA guy. I'm not a public display of affection guy, you know, so I don't have this, probably this stereotypical Latin lover thing. About, <laughs> you about are me. a disappointment. <laughs> I'm a disappointment <laughs> to my people. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, Ricky Ricardo. Your card is revoked. I'm kidding. You don't have that fiery, <laughs> that fiery Latin heat. Or like, sorry. Oh. So I'm just, I think that's a product of being here a long time. I, I mean, I'm going, mm. I'm 30 years here in Ames. Right. And I've spent most of my life here. Yeah. So, and, and even then, I don't know about that. I don't know if I wasn't, if I was in Puerto Rico, how I, yeah. I would be. How much of that is temperament versus how much, how much is yeah, environment? Versus, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay. Finally, I know I kind of ramble a little bit. I'm sorry about that. Um, back to that whole thing. That's why it makes me think about the, that this is more about the African-American experience in the States. Because I don't wake up and say to Kate, like, good morning, my queen. You know, <laughs> and she, and she goes, you know, but I know there's a double meaning to that, to that word. Yeah. Right. You know, the little kids, you know, the, our little kids mention, yeah, mom's the, ki- the queen and, you know, the king and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. but there's another meaning mm-hmm. behind that. Right. You know, it is, it is like reminding each mm-hmm. other, like where they come from and what their ancestry is. Yeah. And That's good, you know, and Kenny and I don't have that, you know, just because we don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I think it would be kind of, it would be kind of silly for me to put that on her and she would put it on me just because even if, you know, if, I am black, but I'm not African American. Yeah. I don't have that. Sure. I don't have that history to, yeah. to put on me, you know? Yeah. So that's good. That's, that's, that's why with me, it's, it's also a little bit of an outsider type of mm, thing. Like an outsider perspective. So I am curious then for you, Abdul, you know, cause I can see that, you know, you're black and. You're from the States. <laughs> the resident African-American. You are, you are the resident African-American. Who speaks for all African-Americans. I do. Know? I speak you know, for all of us. 
you know, like, how's, how's that for you? Man. So I thought about a whole bunch of stuff in, in thinking about this episode, but then there was a part that I didn't really think about necessarily in this way until you just started talking about it, Andres. So you were mentioning that, you know, you didn't grow up with kind of black love in that way. For me, it was all over the place. Right. So I, so I grew up <laughs> with, <it> was. <laughs> and you know, my family, so my family, yeah. even today, my family is hella expressive, hella affectionate. You know, everything is love you, love you. I love you. Hugs. I you know. know. Yes, right. So I it. No, <laughs> <laughs> my, like my, like my father and I still kiss each other on the cheek. You know, I still kiss my dad on the cheek. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. So, Time out. What's up? I'm sorry. Let me interrupt because you reminded me of that. Yeah. We do have that in Puerto Rico. Yeah. That form of expression. Uh-huh. Between like the kiss. The kiss. And we do it on, on, on the side. Yeah. Uh, with everyone. So yeah, it's a woman, you know, you kiss her on the cheek and, and especially with fathers and sons and that kind of stuff. So you just reminded me of that. I totally forgot about that. Huh. Okay. So yeah. you got, there's some, some black love there. So, right. but like in a, in a romantic sense. So like my, um, we have a long, we have a long history in our family of couples staying married, mm. you know? So, um, my paternal grandparents were both were married when they both died. Um, my maternal grandparents weren't like they were divorced. Um, but you know, my maternal great grandparents were still married, you know, Arkansas farm, they were old school, you know, and they, so, and then we have, so there's, so, let's say there's black romantic love from the marriage sense and then just from the being together for a long time sense. Right. Yeah. And so we had plenty of that growing up. Um, but then, so my parents and my parents um, just because of some life circumstances in, in, ended up getting um, separated and divorced. But, um, but if it weren't for a couple of circumstances, they would still be married today. <laughs> but, you know, so my, my parents, when I was growing up, they were the king and queen. Like they, you know, they, they were like my, my parents were like the head of the, of the whole extended clan. And to some extent still are, you know? <laughs> so, um, I grew up in a house with, you know, my parents were together. They were very affectionate to each other. My father's a very affectionate guy. Um, and we have all of my, pretty much all of my male cousins that are my age, you know, they're all pretty much married or about to be married. And so the, so there was, there was that expression of like black marriage all over the place. Um, Now what a couple of my cousins have told me is that because I'm the oldest on my mom's side, I'm the oldest cousin on my dad's side, I'm the second oldest, but I'm the first to get married of anybody. Um, so there's all of that happening, right? Um, yeah, so there's, there's, so because of all of that, my cousins have told me that they got married and they, so my marriage was an example for them. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so yeah, there's, there's, there's so, there's so much there, but I think for, um, 
like you were asking, like, how is it also expressed in my life right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, okay. So before I jump into that, I got to tell you that I wrestle in general with the concept of black love a little bit too, Andres, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to go here. I know we're going to go here at some point. So I won't take it there just yet. I'll just say a couple of things, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but I wrestle you know, with this whole pink elephant in this room. It's it's coming. <laughs> Listeners, I'm telling y'all, it's coming and it's finna be good. <laughs> Not now, I didn't say it's it's going this is to like be watching good. Titanic, the movie. It's just <laughs> right. like come on, it's skin. like you know something's gonna happen. Just get to it, man. <laughs> just, just get to the dang iceberg. <laughs> no, but but um so like the term, the term black love, I, I honestly wrestle with it a little bit for a couple of reasons, but I think. The term itself connotes um, that different races love differently. Mm. And I don't believe that's true. Yeah. Now, yeah. different cultures express love and everything differently, but different races don't love differently. Why? Chiefly, because there's no such thing as race. So when we're talking about black love, let's, let's remember that what we're thinking about is the cultural traditions that are passed down and some things that are like, like Andre said, uniquely mm-hmm. American because of our experience here. Right. And so, um, but I think, you know, so the core, the core premise in some way, reducing love down to, down to the phenomenon that different races love differently just didn't sit right with me. So when I define love, mm-hmm. I define it, um, I don't define that in terms of race. I define that in terms of just what love is, mm-hmm. you know? So love is, love is, 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 um, it's support. It's being, it's being present. It's holding space to be individuals, uh, while being together. Um, I see it in terms of sacrifice. I see it in terms of adoring the person for who they are as an autonomous person, not for who they are in relationship to you, mm. you know? Um, That's good. I see it, you know, for like understanding the quirks and the joys and the pains and the complications and the neuroses and all of that of, of, of your partner. So, um, love, you know, and let's say black love, but love means really knowing somebody at their worst and loving them anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. So love, regardless of culture, ethnicity, race, all of that will be consistent no matter where you go. So, and, and it means, you know, forsaking others, it means ride or die. That's what love means to me, ride or die. And so none of those things are contingent on race, none of them, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, and like I said, love is knowing how to love someone on their terms with their needs, rather than loving them, how we ourselves receive love. Right. You know, my, my wife and I've been together for 25 years. And so if I, if I loved her in the way that I received love, we wouldn't be together, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but that said, I'm also like, we're talking about, I'm not ignorant to the fact that inherent in black love in the American context does mean something. Right. And it does mean, you know, that, mm-hmm. that like in some of the darkest parts of our story in our history, like, like you mentioned at the top of the, the episode, Justine, that that you know the the things that have shaped the perceptions of our people we have not historically always been seen as people who even have the capacity to express love you know so we weren't able to be in love or at least to marry 
mm-hmm. right? Because of the experience of being enslaved. Um, and notice, you know, like Justine said this, listeners, and, I, and I'm saying this now, and I want you to notice the language, the difference in the language, okay? So we didn't say when we were slaves. Mm-hmm. We say when we were enslaved. Yep. Enslavement is a condition of circumstance. In sl- in being a slave is it's a condition identity. of identity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, our identity isn't slaves. We, we were people who were enslaved. Um, mm-hmm. But in that then, you know, our bodies, as we've been talking about with movies and the films and everything, our bodies have been so um, sexualized and pathologized for so long that the concept of black people loving in any kind of healthy way still seems unusual to people. And so I agree with both of y'all that black love is an act of resistance. Um, but the added thing that makes it black love for me, I think is the fact that black love is inherently cognizant of all that struggle. It's inherently, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's inherently aware of that struggle for personhood in our country mm-hmm. and in a world that really just seems, seems to be figuring out that we are entitled to be viewed as equal at all. Right. So, right. um, so that's, that's, I think how how I see that. So black love for me in my current context is knowing that, that um, I don't just come home from a hard day's work, but I come home with the very presence in my black body and being and, and, and the presence of being in certain spaces is tiring to my body and my soul and my experience. Mm-hmm. And that, and that when I bring that home, like we discussed in our black trauma episode, you know, when I bring that home about things like being in the workplace, um, you know, love is, is not having to explain all that necessarily within black love for me is my expression is just coming home and being able to just be with my partner. So, but yeah, that's, 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 you know, I feel some kind of way about the idea especially being married interracially and maybe we go here now, but, but the idea of being married interracially, you know, is all that. Um, and is that, is that black love? Is it not, you know, I don't know. My thought on it is that it's at least 50% black love. <laughs> so because, it is black yes, it is because the person, if one of the people in the relationship is, is black, it's inherently black love. So, yeah, there's, 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 there's all of that. And I wouldn't even get into all of how the, the Muslim culture and, and, mm. and, and being, you know, being the, 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 the son of black nationalists and nation of Islam and, you know, how, how we thought about black love in that regard. Cause in that regard, black love means a black person with a black person full stop. Right. Right. You right. know, and so- yeah. I wanted to, now that you brought that up, it, it is a testament to your wife. Coming where you come from, your background, and I, I didn't know this, that you were the first to marry. On both all, sides. Out of all the cousins, on both sides. Outside of my parents, yeah. The, well, that, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. You know. Like, yep. And that with your other cousins coming from the same environment that you came from, mm-hmm. that they would view your marriage as 
an, an example. Because mm-hmm. you that something? interracially. <laughs> and I mean, of course, she would have had to overcome some stuff within the family. But, you know, anybody who knows your wife, I mean, come on. But it's a testament to her. And it's mm-hmm. a testament to you guys how you manage all that. Because it could have gone really bad. It could have gone horribly oh my wrong. God. I mean, and you could have been you could have been ostracized from your family. Let's keep it funky. My my family probably loves my wife better than me. They do. Oh. They love they love her better than they love me. <laughs> so, yeah. so again, awesome. you know, yeah. There's, I mean, there, yeah, there is. And I remember um, uh, one of my cousins when I was engaged basically asked me, said, "Cousin, knowing how we feel about black or white people, how could you marry a white person?" <laughs> you know and and you know again them being black nationalists and pro-black and i mean very very pro-black and you know really all they were trying to do like they weren't anti-white right right, they were they were like my my father for example explored a bunch of different religions to really find a place to exist outside of white supremacy Mm. you know i mean he like the marcus garvey stuff the shrine of the black madonna black hebrew israelite uh, Nation of Islam, um, the Morris Science Temple. I mean, there's there's a bunch of a bunch of different things that he tr- that he looked at, just trying to find that outside of white supremacy, right? So because of all of that, all that stuff was very very pro black. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so me so me coming into being being who I am is really interesting because while I came up in that environment. It was also simultaneously phenomenally multicultural because we grew up from Muslim, with Muslims from around the world. Right, yeah. You know, like we grew up with Muslims that were Arab, that were African, that were African-American, that were, that were white, that were Latino, that were like Persian, Pakistani, Malaysian, you know, so that, that was also my experience too. Right. You know, and so I didn't, and I didn't really think about the interracial piece being wrong or taboo, even though I'd heard about marrying black kind of thing, I didn't know how big of a taboo it was mm. until college. Mm. I went to a multicultural high school, you know? So my high school was, was, was pretty ethnically diverse. Um, so, but, but, you know, just like everybody, dating is a function of environment and proximity, right? Right, right. So people you're in school with or that you work with or in social circles and all that stuff, that's who you end up spending time with and dating. And right. so in high school, even though it was a pretty ethnically diverse place, my high school girlfriends only had two of them, but they were black women. You know, when I like how you said you only had two in high I, school. I only had two girlfriends in high school. That is like a big number. Two girlfriends in high school. I think and, that's I think it's a small number. I think people date. Oh, that's a small. I think that's a big number. That's a small number. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I I grew up in Kenya, so. Yeah. Well, speaking of Kenya, <laughs> how how about your? I had more girlfriends thing? in college. You had more. <laughs> Y'all, Abdul was a player. I was, I was, I was a musician and an unregenerate Christian or unregenerate <laughs> heathen before I was before I was saved. <laughs> I, I got saved when I was like 26, 27 years old. Before then, I was a bit wild and out. Wow. So how about you, Justine? 
Um, hmm. So my experiences growing up, first of all, I shared this in the first episode ever, the first Christian soldier episode um, from last summer, 2020. I went, like, I basically grew up in boarding school, so I was never really surrounded by my family. And I think that played a big part in my perception of love. Then just quick history, my parents did get divorced. And parents, if you're listening to this, I love you very dearly. Um, but my parents did get divorced when I was three years old. And that's actually one of my earliest memories mm. um, of my life, you know, um, when my parents got divorced. So I think, I think that did impact maybe my perception of love. And in my country, physical expression of love in the context of marriage or dating is not very common. Now, things might have changed over the years since I moved here. But just growing up, I never really saw couples that, you know, were just like madly in love with each other. Like, it just seemed like, hey, you know what? We happen to be to be living in the same house. We have a bunch of kids that we're raising together. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Oh, you wow. know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, in a sense, I'm very grateful for my American experience because I think living here has really opened my eyes to the beauty of romantic love. You know, like it's, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, I don't know, like your partner is not meant to be someone that you just tolerate, you know, like right. it's supposed to be right. Like, you know, like this should be your best friend, like your person. Right. Um, I am crazy about my wife. Yes. I mean, you know, and that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, and honestly, I just I just think across the board in sub-Saharan Africa, like that is that is honestly just not a thing. And I was talking to my mom about this. And um, so my mom grew up in, you know, the 70s, the 80s and whatnot. And when she was growing up, men viewed women as objects that you use to um, to have kids with. And that's it. And like, mm -hmm. I know that sounds so maybe like gross and dehumanizing, yeah, but that I, was just the it. reality. Yeah. And also um, domestic abuse was very common when I was growing up, um, which I think, again, can really give you a very twisted view of romantic love. So, you know, and again, just to be clear, that was just my experience. Another Kenyan person might have had a completely different experience, but that was mine growing up for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so when you think of black, black love now, so mm -hmm. black romantic love, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm curious as to how you would define it. <laughs> oh, yes. This is Justine, <laughs> how would you define black love? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So y'all, this is, this is a very nuanced conversation for me, I think, because, ah, uh, I cannot think of black love without the reality of what it means to be a black person, you know? And so even Abdul, when you were saying that, you know, love is love kind of, that's kind of what you said, I think, you know, um, and that in a way we kind of all express love in a pretty, you know, like in a pretty standard way or like, is that, is that what you said? I, I hope I'm well, getting that right. Kind of. So, kind of, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm saying both. So mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's either, or I think it's both. And I think, both. I okay. think one love is love, yeah. but two, uh, because of the experience of black folks in America, black, black love, such as it is, is a thing. Yes. Yes. Um, 
so anyway, so when I honestly, like when I think of black love, I think of a black person's okay, sorry, when I think of black romantic love, I think of a black person engaging in the symbiotic exchange of romantic love with another black person. Mm-hmm. Because I just I just think the layers are so different. Okay, so I'll just give a just a very tangible experience. Over the past few years, man, I mean, like every time you you turn on the news, another black man is being shot for no reason by yeah. a white police officer. Like when I think about that, I'm like, I just think it's so different if you are a black man and you're coming home to a black woman. Like there's just a way that she can understand what you're going through in ways that maybe a woman of another culture might not. And, and, and actually, to be more specific, if you are an African-American man married to an African-American woman, she has a depth of understanding that no other woman in the world can possibly have, you know? And so now I just, I don't know. Um, if you are a black person that is in an interracial relationship or a marriage, I think yours is called interracial love. And that is great. <laughs> so y'all, no, I'm, y- I'm, I'm, I'm giving Justin the side eye right now. <laughs> y'all, he literally oh. is. Seriously. Um, and, and you, okay, y'all. So I was, I, was, I was thinking about this because I think in our culture, especially for us living in Iowa, which is, which is very white with a few sprinkles of black people, I think there are some people who have placed quote unquote, black romantic love on a higher pedestal than maybe other forms of love, right? So I have friends who will not date interracially. And, and the more you talk to them, it's because I just want to be with a black king. I just want to be with yeah. a black queen, right? And then I have people who will not date. Sorry, I have black friends who will not date within their ethnicity. And I think part of it is because um, interracial relationships have been so, I don't even know, like, man, you know, like if you are in an interracial marriage, like you've won, you know? And so I don't know, like, you know, like in my, in my eyes, they're not necessarily equal, but they're the same. Like, I don't think any is better than the other. I just think they're the same, but they're different. So yeah, the whole thing about the interracial in mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, that brings back another memory. I think that's a thing or was the thing when I was growing up that if hmm. you married white, hmm. uh, you quote unquote upgraded. Wow. Yes. You married up. You married Which, you like the concept of marrying up. Yeah, yeah. I think that was I think that's a real thing. It was mm. a real thing when uh when I was growing up back back home. Well and wow. here's why that's the case. So one of the threads that we keep talking about in this in, in 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 this podcast is that racism is a multifaceted thing. It is, yeah. And that like so to go for 5 seconds in the whole critical race theory thing that there are four different components of mm-hmm. racism. One of those components is internalized racism. Absolutely. And so because yeah. of that the internalized piece has both the internalized inferiority and internalized superiority. So I think that, and I feel like it's almost irrefutable math. Mm-hmm. If you are a black person or a person of color 
who marries a white person and you think you married up because that person's white, that mm. is internalized inferiority all over the place. Right. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So we've opened the can of worms slightly. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. So, so can so, I open some more? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I was saying is before we get to the actual meat of it, let's do a little bit of liner notes. Oh, and then, okay. okay. And then we can leave it, leave the rest of the conversation on the other side of liner notes. Okay. Let's go. And actually, hey, Andres, because I was thinking about this um, and there might be listeners who are single, you know, and they're like, hey, like, I want to learn a little bit about relationships. So I was curious, Andres and Abdul, as you are giving your liners, your liner notes, can you maybe just give one, like, what is like one word of advice that you would give to people that are dating, people that are not married yet? Um, like, if you could just think back to when you were single, what is one thing that you wish a married person had told you? So let's just switch it up a little bit. In addition Mm. to liner notes, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Then we're coming back to this because we're coming back to this. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. Cause if we start doing this, we just forget about liner notes. Yeah. yeah. And I really don't, I really only have like two other things to say about this part, but yeah. 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 Actually. Yes. Okay. So let's do liner notes, which, you know, if you're brand new, brand new to the show, it's it's where each of us share a song, an artist, a book, a movie, a conversation, or just a piece of culture that's given us life. So I hope uh, this uh, helps you and maybe find something new and or blesses you. Either way, so you got something, Abdul? For okay, so for Jesse, so your question was like kind of or like your was a piece of advice for a single person, like dating and right, yeah. So dating in general or, or dating with the point of view of pursuing marriage? Yes. Dating with the point of view of pursuing marriage and or just someone who's single and hoping to one day be married. Like what are just some nuggets okay. that you would okay. give? So the number one nugget, probably, and maybe I got two, but the number one nugget I would say for sure above anything else is that you can't change the other person. You can't change them. Ladies, listen to this. I don't know how many people, both women and men, go into a relationship thinking that that they can change the person into the person that that, that they want them to be. If you don't love who the person is right now, don't get hitched to that wagon. (laughs) Like somebody told me. That it takes five, the first five years of marriage to realize that the things you don't like about your spouse, you can't change. So that's, I mean, I, I cannot say that more emphatically enough. Stop trying to change people. <laughs> right? Hard and truths, y'all. <laughs> let, them, let them be, let them be who they are. If you don't like who they are, they're not for you. They're not for you. Um, quirks and all. So the other one, I think, is is maybe maybe more romantic. And I would say, when you find somebody, pursue them relentlessly. It's mm, a good one, yeah. Relentlessly, and and I know that 
men, and this is a whole gendered conversation or whatever. So just this is what this is at this point. But mm-hmm. um, you know, men team seem to be more of the pursuers kind of thing. It's 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 been my experience, and for people that I know, that in general, in in let's say cisgender marriages, wives don't pursue their husbands enough. Oh, yep. So I can see that. Yeah. So um, I, I, so the my my second piece of advice, speaking from like the guy's perspective, is. Man, women, pursue your fellas mm-hmm. and don't pursue them like you want to be pursued. Understand your person, yeah. regardless of who you're with, whether like gender, comp- like all that is completely irrelevant to this, this point. Mm-hmm. When you find the person, speak their language for how they feel and receive love and do that. Yeah. Don't do it from your point of view. Right. That's so good. And you know, um, Abdul, as you're kind of speaking, like, I think even, even part of the pursuit is really diligently desiring to know how your partner wants to be loved. You know, like that's yes. part of the pursuit process. Yes. Um, Study them. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I have become a student nice. of my wife. Right. So good. It wasn't always that case though, because I, I mean, I, right. you know, I've been married for a long time. The first, the first, the first several years we were just idiots, mm. <laughs> you know? We yeah. were in love and we thought love would conquer all and love would change mm-hmm. this and that, whatever. And then we got real. And then our love deepened to a phenomenal level. Right. So good. Yeah. Okay. My turn. Um, advice for someone dating on the path or marriage. Or single. Or single who. Okay. Okay. Um, my number one piece of advice would be know yourself first. Mm. Yes. Know who you are. <laughs> yes. That's real. <laughs> yes. Okay, why are y'all laughing like this? Is there like an because, inside joke? No, 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 no there's not, no inside joke. Because okay. here's what happens. Yes. What happens is you get married and then you start seeing the little things in the other person and that may get you upset and whatnot and you may not know why you're getting upset right because you don't know you that's true you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it goes hand in hand with what um abdul was saying that you can't change the other person mm-hmm. oh yeah you know what i mean um i wish i could give i don't know how else to expand on that besides just just Mm-hmm. Okay, here's okay, here's here's what I, I would say. Yeah, if you don't I've got, I've got a good one. Yeah, no, I I've, I figure something. If let's say you, Justine, you came mm-hmm. to me or came to both of us, right? I would say take the next year and intentionally Wow. If you can find like a life coach or or you mentioned you were looking for a ther- therapist, mm-hmm. I would I I would say that's great mm-hmm. as you, as, as your first steps yeah. into dating for the purpose of marriage for, for that's the end good. result of knowing who you are, mm-hmm. know who you are, know what you're about yeah, mm-hmm. because that's who you're going to present to the, that's to that, true. to that person. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who you are, the worst place, one of the, well, not a worst place, but it's, it's, sucks going through that process in marriage. married 
Mm. Yeah. I mean, and it happens. Okay. I'm not, I think most of the time that's what happens. Yeah. Agreed. But if you just say, okay, I'm thinking about marriage more and more, and I'm thinking about it seriously, I would say, Hey, take the, take the next year, find someone who will put up a mirror uh-huh. to your brain and you take a look at your brain. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, so in a specific sense, can I, can I add to that real quick? Sure. In a specific sense, um, know who you are and how you resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you are you someone in the in, in the in the presence of conflict? Do you run and hide? Do you jump in and engage? Like how, like how do you how do you how do you handle the stress of conflict? Mm-hmm. And that's where the um, enneagram has come in and helped us. Yes, us. yes. I mean, the enneagram has helped me just see Katie different, not differently, but it's like, oh, that's why it helps she you does see her X Y and see her. And it, thank you. Yeah, it helps me see her. Yeah, and then vice versa. So. Yes, you do your work on you, but also try to f- get to know, um, learn some type of personality uh, mm. uh, profiles. Yeah. So not not helpful. to categorize, not to categorize your spouse. I mean, you will, but just to get a, an understanding of the motivations behind actions, mm-hmm. because because uh, what may look like selfishness may just be um, reaction to a past trauma. Mm -hmm. It's very true. You know what I mean? And you don't know that, but it just looks like the person is being selfish. Well, why is she being quote unquote selfish? Mm -hmm. Why is he acting? Why does he withdraw? You know? Yep. Uh, So that's, that's, yeah, that's knowing who you are is, is it, I mean, yeah. Like really who you are, <laughs> you yes. know, so you don't have to, and you don't have to, de- you know, like defend it. Like this is who I am, you know, exactly. mm-hmm. what a better gift to know who you are as you're presenting yourself to somebody else. Right. 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 I mean, and that's everything. Like how, like what's your, how do you think about money? Mm. Yep. What's your, mm-hmm. like, what's your parenting philosophy and your outlook on raising mm-hmm. kids and, you know, and, and love will conquer all does not Mm-mm. work. Yeah. And anybody who thinks it does is too immature to be married. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So good. So good. Wow. Okay. So it seems like, so Andres, you said that marriage is kind of like a mirror, right? So marriage will cause you to look at yourself. No, so you want to know who you- is a mirror. Marriage is a mirror. It's regardless, kind regardless, of, yes. regardless of the work that you do for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Marriage is a mirror. Marriage is a mirror. Mm-hmm. Parenting is another mirror. Ooh. If you go into business, it's another mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> right. I mean, right. it's, it's, you're going to look, if you don't do the work now, you're going to have to do who you are, you're going to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, and it's just painful and it takes somebody else with you when you're doing <laughs> that work. And if you got to pay for that work later, when you have a family involved and oh. kids involved and houses and investments and whatever involved, it gets, yep. It gets ugly. It just gets, gets ugly. Costly. You might as it well do ugly. it now. Yeah. 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 Wow. So that's that's what I would say. I'm sure there's more, but and when I listen to the podcast back, like, oh, I wish I would have said this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's good enough to say no, 
know who you are. Like know really thyself. know who you are. Like that's you know, very like, good. Yeah, and what are what are you about? Because mm. that will. Because the thing is, that's where the anger is going to come from. So anger is about boundaries. Right, boundaries are going to get broken, you know. And you should know why they are. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. That's so good. good. And Abdul, you said um, to water, sorry, the grass is greener where you water it, y'all. So like, and I think this applies in any relationship, um, you know, like with your parents, with your kids, it can be so easy to be like, well, I wish my partner pursued me the way so-and-so's partner pursues her. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. But the grass is greener where you water it. Oh, my gosh. Such great nuggets. Okay, y'all, let's keep... Okay, so apparently, Andres, you were going to open the current, you know, like open the conversation oh. even more about so, interracial love? Yeah, I, I got something too specifically about, about what something Justine said. So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned that you, Justine, mentioned that black love... I mean, yes, love is love and whatnot, so... But you've been saying that black love is... Is different. Is different. Mm-hmm. And there has to be two of two of them, <laughs> two of them, yeah. <laughs> to apply the to apply the black and black romantic love. There's got to be two. It's, it's not yeah. just one. It's not black yeah. love. It's black on black love. <laughs> black on black. <laughs> exactly. Fifty percent uh, is not enough. It's not. That is. That is. That is. And you know. And y'all. Like, here's the thing. I don't know. Like my belief system on this might evolve over the years, but right now I just, I don't know. And I mean, um, Andres, you brought up a very good point that even when we're talking about black romantic love, um, we have to factor in the struggle and what African-Americans went through, mm-hmm. um, like not being able to marry um, or, you know, during slavery and whatnot, you know, and I just, I just don't know how we, how we now take that and say, oh, you're a black person married to a white person and you get black love too. I just, oh. Yeah. So, so when we were talking about this, as we were preparing the list of episodes and, and whatnot, and uh, I mentioned that I was, and I am, you know what, still today, as we're talking about this, I'm still kind of on the fence about, about this. Um, like, I, I get, of course, I'm black, so the way that I'm loving is black, but... It's inherently black love. Right. But <laughs> the way we're talking about it is, yeah. is from an African-American perspective. perspective. You know, like, like I mentioned when, when a couple says, my queen, my king, you know, there's, there's an extra oomph to that. There's, right. there's something else in there right. that um kenny and i don't have and not that i'm comp- comparing or, or anything like that um, that's just the reality like that's it's just, just that's just reality. how it is you know now here's the thing if i was married to a puerto rican i still wouldn't have that oomph because i'm not african-american this is where this but is you where, would have that um, i i would i would submit that you would have that oomph if you were married to another black Puerto Rican. I think in the sense of, let's say we're both here. Right. In the, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yes, I would, I would, okay. I would, I would agree that just, but it would be just the, 
Yes. Of life. Yes. Oh, you right, know what I mean? right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. And like, like, you know, like you mentioned, Abdul, that it's understood what that means. Yeah. You know? Now, yeah. So, but, okay. But then comes that other word, refuge, because we will be a refuge for each other. Like, okay, so we all went to a predominantly white school uh, in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, Justine, did you stay in the dorms? I did my freshman year. Oh okay. my goodness. Okay. So I know I did it. Probably Abdul did it. Did you self segregate for other people of color? <laughs> Interestingly, I did not. You did not. Okay. I did not. Um, so one, my floor was very white. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, that's so, was was. so was ours. Yeah, so was ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but also, secondly, I did not have that context, you know? Okay. You know, like just the whole idea of like black, white, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. all of that. I like to say I was not racialized, but there's probably a better way for okay. me to express that's, that. No, that's fair. So what I mean by that is just mm-hmm. self-segregate is that when we came back to the dorms, you know, Puerto Ricans just hung out with the Puerto Ricans and we oh. waited till five o'clock. And like, okay, hey, it's time to eat. And we all went downstairs as a group Together. and we sat and we separated. We hung out with each other. Yeah. But it was a refuge from the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I keep referring to as refuge. That you know, a, a African-American black couple, mm-hmm. okay, both black, both African-American, get to be a refuge for each other mm-hmm. if you're living in a predominantly yeah. white, white um, environment. Yeah. environment. Well, and we did the exact same thing for the exact same reason, hmm. right? I mean, it, it was, it was it, what's that? Uh, the, the book is um, Beverly Daniel Tatum. Why are all the way up? Why are the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she just did a 25th anniversary edition of that book too. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yes, where she where she up updated the 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 research and that kind of stuff. So, the short version: the phenomenon still exists. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, but I mean, yeah, we did the same thing. And so, Justine, I completely. So, I'm not. I'm not on the fence in it, but I do see both sides of the perspective. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yep. um, like I, I know, and I completely agree that while my wife gets it as much as she can, mm-hmm. that it will be significantly different having that, uh, let down mm-hmm. type of interaction. If, if I had married a black woman. It's mm-hmm. different. And like there, because there is, there is an inexpressible kind of kindred connection that would be there. Right. I, I, I don't dispute that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and I would even say for the Christian listeners, that's even a biblical thing. Like Paul talks about mm-hmm. his kinsmen in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a, there is a kindred thing that's there mm-hmm. now. Um, so, but that's the only thing that I think would be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but, but, and and it's not even that it's missing. It's yeah, it just, would just be different. It would, it's just different because it's just different, right. Yep. Yeah. Because, yep. because I have, because of who my wife is and because of how we have learned to love each other over two and a half decades, mm-hmm. you know, because of who she is and she's a natural empath and some of that kind of stuff. She, as much as she can, and she has a very diverse friend circle and she has 
you know, and and so she she and she's done the work herself, and she's even done before the you. work herself. She's done, she really I mean, she's, she's in decades of doing the work. Bingo. So she's been doing it before, right? So for me, that will be the only thing that will be different, you know. Um, and but while I say only thing, I do I do agree that that difference would be significant. Mm-hmm. You know, I do still feel some kind of way when I you know my, my friends were getting married to jump in the broom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never felt like I could jump the broom with a white mm-hmm. wife. Uh, mm. yeah. So, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm officiating a wedding in a few weeks and. Oh, you are? And, yeah. Oh. And it's, and it's, and the couple, you know, the couple, one is, one's biracial, right? Um, and one is 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 afro-latina wow they're jumping the broom i mm. am so jelly <laughs> yeah i am so jelly 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 so the yeah. yeah, afro-latinas jumping the broom yes they're, probably okay. because of the afro part there's well, she, well, she's puerto rican oh okay. they're jumping the broom okay yeah she's a puerto rican from the islands and from new york they're jumping the broom and so now, is that black love, Justine? I I would say it is because, okay. right? Because you have the Afro, okay. Tina, and you have the the bi. You say biracial or multiracial person? Well, sh- yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but you said the Puerto Rican is from the island. Yes, born and raised. She, uh, her mom is Puerto Rican. I think her dad's Dominican, but. Um, mm. she lived on the, on the Island and in New York. Okay. So no, not black love. Right. By Justine's definition, can't, you know, which Wait, don't Dominicans are not, um, sorry. I could, I, it's not African American. It's not African American. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, no. Yeah. That, okay. Wait, let's, let's be very, okay. Let me clarify something. Okay. Once again, don't hear what I'm not saying. You know. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not it's not real love or that kind of stuff. But in the context of what we're talking about, I mean, I don't the African American piece. Yeah, that that refuge that we keep talking about. Mm. You know, so that's, yeah. that's where I'm coming from. So okay, so Justine, I'll say this: yeah. this is this is this is my big gun for you right now. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is the big thing. All right, so simply put, four words my body, my choice. Oh, come on now. This is what we were waiting for. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give you the math. I'm gonna give you the math. I'm gonna give you the math, but but basically, here's the thing so if 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 a woman if a woman can suggest mm-hmm. and be justified in her suggesting. Mm-hmm that someone else can't tell her what to do with her body, then people can't tell me what constitutes black love and what to do with my body and my expression of love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another one. Yeah. If an LGBTQ person can express and be justified in their expression mm-hmm. that another person can't dictate their personhood or their identity or their expression of themselves, then nobody can dictate to me what my expression of black love is, is or isn't. Yeah. Let me hit you one more again. <laughs> okay. Yes. I don't know about that. If I, if, think, I think you're conflating two different things. 
Well, well, I'm I'm not conflating. I'm I'm just Let drawing keep I'm, going. I'm an analogy. Now every analogy falls, but but I'm drawing the illustration mm-hmm. and True. they're similar. They're not a one to one, but they're similar. Now, <laughs> now, if the three of us, if the three of us advocate, and we believe we are correct in our advocating that black people are not a monolithic group, and that mm-hmm. we are allowed to be us, and that we are allowed to, and that we are enough, and if we are allowed to love hip hop and salsa and country music and as an expression of ourself then mm. nobody can dictate to me that my expression isn't black love. So all I'm saying is this. If we say on this podcast that people are allowed to be themselves just mm. as long as their vision of themselves comports with their expression of who they are and they do and it doesn't cause harm. Yes. And if we, you know, if 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 we believe that, we would be hypocrites if we didn't apply that same rubric to black love. So if we believe that people are allowed to have self-determination and yeah. agency and expression, as long again, as long as that expression doesn't cause harm or trauma or mm-hmm. oppression to another, how is that different? And how is that then dictating what, what, what my black love is or isn't? Okay. So my response to that, you know, and here's the thing, Abdul, like the more you're talking, I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm thinking about this from a perspective of someone who has never been married, you know, cause like, I just, I just think marriage adds that <laughs> like, you know, like a passion and a reality it that does. unmarried people just like, we just don't understand. Yes. Now my response to that is though, um, when I think about love, I think of an exchange, you know, and this came up um, in our discussion. I think love, sorry, marriage is very different from parenting because you can yes. parent a child as just one parent. But I think with love, there's the symbiotic exchange of one person giving the other person reciprocating and vice versa. And so that is, that is where my, I think for me, that is, yeah. That is the tension that I'm in. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and, 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 and in that regard, I don't entirely disagree with you, which mm-hmm. is why I said at the very beginning, it's 50%. Yeah. Because, yeah. because I, can, I can express black love and I can give black love. Right. To your wife. Yep. And my wife can offer back to me love. Mm-hmm. Right? And, is it? Yeah. And, and it is a love that is not, that is not incomplete. Yeah. It's just different. Because mm-hmm. of the okay, so the in cultural. this in in this in this way, I guess semantically, you, one would have to say it's incomplete, which is the 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 absence of that kindred connection, mm-hmm. right? So then, in that regard, strictly speaking, then yes, it would be incomplete, right? And that's right? what I mean. I think I think your your argument your argument is semantics. Mm-hmm. You're saying Abdul's argument or my argument. Abdul's argument. Right. You know, because wait, which part? Which part? Well, the interracial versus black. Yeah. The whole, uh, my body, my choice. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) by that logic, you can, you get to call yourself whatever you want. And to an extent, I will say, Hang on a second. To a certain extent, you can, I mean, nobody, nobody can't, I mean, Uh realistically nobody can stop you from calling you whatever you want yeah right because it's see it's not binary but, but there's a reality of it but, too like you know i mean yeah but but, like, but here's the reality. Uh, you know, i'm chinese 
No, but, okay, no, no, you're not but, Chinese. But the reality, the reality is it's not binary. It's, it's not this or that or either or. So because it is, it is both black love, because one of the folks in it is black, it's both black love and interracial. So in many ways, my interracial marriage, like speaking from a Christian perspective, so in many ways, my interracial um, marriage is really a beautiful picture of the conciliation that we talk about and that we hope that happens between the races, right? So and note that I said conciliation and not reconciliation. And listeners, we went there uh, from a listener question at the end of the Black Trauma episode. So if you haven't listened to that, that episode, you'll want to go check that out. It's both. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you. Because, because I think maybe in my head, I was thinking, well, like, Abdul is legit saying that interracial relationships are black love. Like, bro, no. no. You know, and so and so thank you for breaking that down. Now I will say though, Abdul, I'm 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 thankful that you clarified um as long as my self-determination does not cause harm. Cause I thought about y'all remember um Rachel Dolezal, the oh, white lady yes. who was like, Oh yeah, I'm black. I'm yes, like Yes, we remember Rachel Dolezal. Just, just because you want to be black don't mean don't mean that you is black, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and my wife yeah. is not running around telling people she's black. Oh, no. Right. No. Yeah. Know. Okay, but wait a minute. With that logic, what harm was she causing to you? To me as a black woman? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Um, okay, first of all, she took Tons lots of, of opportunities yes. from black women. Mm-hmm. And okay, she was and lying. That's the harm. The harm is she was profoundly she lying. Was lying. She literally co-opted mm-hmm. a whole history of right. people. And yes. she lied. Yep. So, yes. th- so there was a lot of trauma, yeah. pain, deception that came with her story. Yes. And um, thank you for saying deception because she claimed a black father who was not her father. Oh, y'all, y'all, the lies. <laughs> she made up way, a whole she, lie world. She totally did. But there, y'all, she has a documentary on, on Netflix. So I you don't know who we're talking about. Um, oh, she does? Yes, she does. Yeah. I'll put it in oh. the liner notes. Yep. Okay. Yes. I yes. know that. And, and because she, she, basically lost everything mm-hmm. you know um everything. everything like jobs and everything everything so she 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 published a book i don't know how well it sold but she published a it book didn't. no it did and not sell she well. did the, the netflix documentary and yeah 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 do y'all know that she lives in the same city as my mom I didn't what are know the that. odds yep huh. Spokane. so Spokane, yeah we'll, we'll put it in the show notes it's called the rachel divide mm-hmm it's a, it's, it's a great one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So listeners, I'm curious what your take is on this. Like, do you think, I don't know. Yeah. If you, if <laughs> seriously, and actually I know that a lot of our listeners are in interracial relationships or interracial marriages. Um, so do you think that if you have an interracial relationship or marriage where one of the people is black does that count as black love? We want to hear um, what, what your take is on that one. We do. And I think I've told y'all my riff on interracial relationships in general. Maybe I don't know. No. But in general, I'm not a fan. Yes, you have said that. And, and I'm not a fan because, because so many of the relationships seem to be one or the other party in the relationship fetishizing the other 
it, it's the white woman fetishizing her her black partner and the fact that she mm-hmm. got you know that that she got her ghetto pass <laughs> from uh-huh. this you know <laughs> and 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 it's the it's the it's the so just speaking like like about the black and whites part of this because there's mm-hmm. many different types of interracial but and it's 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 the black dude who likes his white well white wife white wife because she's white and that's it and that you know mm-hmm. And, right. and, and, it's, and there's it's, no more substance. Yes, and, and it's them up, like being we're talking about stereotypes of each other. That just like to me, it I find it personally cringeworthy because it also disrespects my my marriage. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. your silliness when you're out in the world represents me when I'm out in the world. Yep, yep, for sure. You know, and that's um, when we started this episode. That 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 kind of goes back to just the reductive lens with which we view black people romantically mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. this person is just here to i don't know to make me look good to make me you know like to give me something yes um yes yeah yes yeah, so okay so can, can i say one more thing because you justin you touched on it at the top of the episode mm-hmm. i want to come back to it because i think it's an important thing yes. um because when we talk about about black romantic love, it should also be said that sex shouldn't be assumed. Now, of course, with mm-hmm. lots of with lots of love comes sex, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but then then what about you know our the considerations for our LGBTQ brothers and sisters and our non-binary folks, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking specifically about somebody who is asexual. Mm-hmm. Right? And so um you know so listeners and we'll, we'll put this in the show notes but to be asexual like is to have kind of a lack of sexual attraction or low or no interest in sexual activity but, but. still desires companionship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So so let's not forget about those folks in this conversation. Um, because, you know, it's mainstream to us to think about it in kind of this, this kind of a certain way kind of thing. Um, but because that's so new to the mainstream consciousness and so many, and so many things, you know, the whole asexual thing is still kind of being understood, so to speak. And so, you know, because it, it only really affects that, that we know of from, from some of the research is about two, like 2% of the population or, or actually 1.7% to the number that I found from um, a UCLA study and uh, GLAD, which is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Um, so they published that like in 2017, I think, that about 4% of adults, 18 to 24, identify as asexual. The reason why I bring that up is because so we, so we as a podcast we always want to affirm the dignity and the self-determination of all people. And so their percentage, small though it may be, doesn't matter. If one person doesn't feel seen and heard and valued amid whiteness or anything that has become dysfunctionally normative, I think we should address and oppose that. So when mm-hmm. we're talking about black love, what, do you, what happens with all these intersections? What if you have somebody right. who right. is you know, asex or intersex and identifies as black. 
is -hmm. what they're doing black love, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, so there are all of these nuanced considerations. I just want to make sure that we give at least voice to that we know are present. Mm -hmm. I really, really like that. Thanks, Abdul. Okay, listeners, this one has been an interesting conversation. This one is going to keep me thinking um, until, until our next episode, for sure. So y'all, if you take one thing from this episode, I hope it's this. Black romantic love exists. And part of celebrating positive and free Blackness is highlighting the presence, the beauty, the diversity, and the resilience of Black romantic love. So um, I just want to share a few things. Um, Abdul and Andres, do you, have you all heard of Black Love Day? You probably have. I have, I have never no. heard of it. Really? No. Yep. So maybe, look, maybe, maybe because I'm not, I'm not doing Black Love. So they, they oh, am I, so stay out on that. Boom. I don't <laughs> No. Abdul okay. So, are you going to read the de- himself? Are you going to read the, the the definition of it? Yep. Here's up. I am. Yep. So, okay, here we Black go. Love Day. <laughs> oh my gosh! This one uh-huh. gets me trouble. Right. There you go. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Black Love Day. It's actually February 13th. So it's the day before Valentine's Day. Right. Um, and it was founded in 1993 by someone called a Yo Handy Candy. Such a cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is observed as a 24-hour display of Black love, and it's demonstrated as love towards yourself as a Black person, your family, and the Black community. So this is not just limited to romantic love, but it's just more of a celebration um, of Black, of Black beauty, Black resilience, Black strength, and Black people loving each other. So Black Love Day. Now, okay. my second one. Did I miss something there? That's watered so, down. So it's, you don't, you don't it's, celebrate it's new. Yeah, this yeah, 93. Come on, oh, yeah. 93. They can go and sit down somewhere. That's- so you don't <laughs> celebrate. You don't get to celebrate Black Black. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Abdul. Well, and, okay, so and and here's the thing. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> because some new jack invented it in 1993 or whatever, right? So they can go sit down. But they get to they get to invent whatever they get to invent. They self-determination. They okay. They do. You don't get Fair to say enough. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 but seriously. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Okay. Although, y'all, like, I don't think this is a day that's just focused on romantic love, you know? So I really think any day for celebrating black. Boom. So here's a question I have, though, like, like a a legitimate question. Mm -hmm. How is, how is what that, that holiday or that day represents? How is it any different to the, uh, than the principles of Kwanzaa? Mm. Because everything you read in there, I hear in the principles of Kwanzaa. Hmm. That's a that's a good question. To be continued. Yes, TBD. <laughs> no TBC an for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about some movies, some films, some documentaries that highlight black romantic love positively abdul had talked about napoli ever after y'all please check it out i think it's on netflix it is on netflix or one of the streamers yeah yes i've got a few i, okay. I only got one which Andres, got, i, go I want to mention it i mean it's love jones it's one of my oh, yeah. top five favorite movies do you know ever, i've never ever. watched that I should check <gasps> oh. it out. you got so yes it's yeah, so first off so love jones <laughs> Love Jones is a is a neo soul right. black Ooh, romantic comedy. Yeah, I mean oh, it's a comedy. Well, rom-com. it's a drama rom com. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean I knew I liked it from from the credits. 
when the song came on. Oh, come yeah, on yeah. now. Yeah. Hopeless. Or in the Hill, the sweetest thing. Deion <laughs> Ferris, yeah. Hopeless. Uh, Maxwell's on the soundtrack. Oh I my mean, gosh, Maxwell, y'all. Yes. Yeah, no, it's a crazy soundtrack. This, so that's, yeah. that's, okay. And another one, I just thought about it. And then, and then, it's actually Boomerang. I know it's a comedy, but. I, I'm already there. But, it's, it's on my list too. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Yep. But Who's in for, this one? Who's, who are, who are the leads? Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you've never seen Boomerang? Okay, wait, so she is only 29 years old. She was like, like the movie probably came out when you were maybe born. Probably. probably. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it came out in the right. 90s. So, but here's the thing. So it's, it's Eddie the first. Murphy. It's sorry, Eddie Murphy. go ahead. Yeah. I keep cutting you off. Oh, no, no, that's fine. It, it was just, it was the first movie that I saw the whole cast was black. Mm. The entire cast was black. They were all professionals. Mm. They were not being clowns. Mm-hmm. Eh, maybe maybe <laughs> Martin a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was just on brand. Yeah. Uh, Martin, uh, help me out with the last name. Martin. Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. How do you forget Martin? I know. Yeah. Martin. I that's all I was thinking about. I couldn't finish <laughs> the last name just because I was just thinking of Martin. Anyway. And the way it was just portrayed the whole ambiance of the movie. Mm. It, it celebrated black wow. excellence and black it, yeah. romance nice. and black. Yes, it did. Yes. It did. And it wasn't cartoonish. It wasn't, no. you know, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, and the thing is that Eddie wasn't trying just to, I don't think Eddie was trying to make a black quote unquote black movie. He was just making a movie nice. which happened to just have an all black cast. So here's the thing that Eddie doesn't, doesn't get enough credit for. Okay, so first off, Justine, Eddie Murphy. So the movie is Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry. Right. Mm-hmm. So so okay. it's 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 kind of a love triangle situation basically with mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, Halle Berry, and Robin Givens. Um okay. and then there's like Chris Rock is in it, you know, and mm-hmm. David Allen Greer wow. and no, yeah, it's and Martin cast. Lawrence and the late the late John Witherspoon. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so but it's a great movie. But um Eddie on a lot of his movies has an all black crew. Like it's, it's a routine thing for him. Mm-hmm. So he did. And, and, and he doesn't like go blast it out. Hey, I got an all black crew in this right. room. He just right. goes and makes a movie. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of the things that like when he does his deals with paramount, cause they've been in for a long time, it's what he does. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you can never, like, you can't tell, Right, right. But, but in most of his movies, it's 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 an all black or primarily black crew. Wow, good to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. good to know. Okay, Abdul, what's on your list? So I've got so Boomerang, obviously, and Love Jones. I that's 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 me and my wife's film. Even though it's it's all it's all black, <laughs> but Love Jones is. Can you two really watch that movie? I mean, really. You know what? If you tell my <laughs> wife that she can't love that movie, she <laughs> might fight you. Yeah, she will. I'm t- like that. That's her. Mo- I'm, that's her film. I'm telling you. So, uh, the best man. Mm. Yeah, okay. best man. The best man yeah. holiday was good, but the best man bomb. Yes, I've watched that one. The wood. Never seen it. Love him. I put love and basketball up there. Y'all, that's my and, movie. And and my second favorite behind Love Jones, Brown Sugar. I've never seen brown, brown sugar is most deaf and Sanaa Lathan. So it's most deaf Tay Diggs and Sanaa Lathan. Hmm. 
Man, Sanal Ethan, she is just oh. yes. And that that soundtrack is also dope because it's got most death on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so to me, my my four top favorites are Love Jones, The Best Man, The Wood, and Brown Sugar. Good list. Very, very interesting. Um, okay, so on my list, I had Love and Basketball. Okay, y'all, listen. I could watch that movie, like, just for days. Like, I literally could just have it on repeat. I just, I love it. It's I love it film. so much. Um, okay, my other one is Uh-oh. something new. Watch me <gasps> shit myself. Yeah! In the- right? Something new. <laughs> this is, so now, Lathan. Yep. And the white, is he Australian? There's a, what's his name? I forget his name too, but Simon yes. Baker. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, that's a good what one. What is this movie? What is, now, what is, I've never. It's interracial, Justine. I need to get. That's what I was going to say. Right. Is it really black then? You're proving Justine? my point, Justine. <laughs> Come I on. don't know. All, all this time <laughs> here. And it's, it just popped like a, like a balloon. You're beating your stu- yourself with my <laughs> stick, Justine. <laughs> I am. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> so anyway, y'all, I think that's a great movie. Um, uh, yeah, you should check it out. Okay, then, have y'all heard about the series Black Love that Oprah has been doing? You know what? I just heard about it in preparation no. for this episode. I, just, I Googled Black Love stuff, and that came up. And I just started watching it a couple of days ago. Y'all? Okay, Abdul, what do you think about it? Do you like it? I, I'm only about halfway through the first episode. Oh no, I'm in, I'm into the second episode, and yes, I do I do like it. And once again, some of the folks that are talking about black love are married interracially in that <gasps> documentary. What? <laughs> yes, okay, ma'am. I have not seen those couples. They're Just in there. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, now I will say. Um, <laughs> look at me. Oh my goodness! Wow. You know what? I am failing. So, listeners. I won. Oh my goodness. I won. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you and this I will consult on stuff like this in the future. <laughs> I know you're, not gonna, you're not gonna give examples that mess up your own argument. No. <laughs> okay, this is this is hilarious. Now I will say though, the episodes that I have watched of Black Love have been black couples. I mean, like well, some haven't. of them have been no, they have. Okay, haven't. you know what, y'all? Abdul wins once <laughs> again. Justine, we should have been better. We should have done specifically. Better. There's two couples in that first episode, and I forget their names. But mm-hmm. there's two couples that are both married interracially. Now, one now the now the wife may be biracial. I'm, I don't know. Okay, but but they're very clearly not 100 percent black. And I think uh, one of them, I, I want to say maybe she's Latina or somebody like that. But oh. they're married interracially interesting okay well yeah. that was that was gonna be my example um of this <laughs> of shows that highlight black love sorry um, sis i know look at me just failing although now i will say um for um the episodes that i have watched and my sister and i were talking about this a lot of the couples that they highlighted um had light-skinned women in them i did notice that Right, mm. which again, I don't know. Maybe that is just who that's another they podcast. have on the show. That's a, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole right. other episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but you know, again, like I think I think it continues to perpetuate this image about black women, especially darker skinned women, um, maybe as being unlovable or not wanting to be loved, just or not beautiful. Anyway. 
Or, oh yeah, or, yes, exactly. Or not, or not beautiful. Um, yeah. So yes. Okay, fam. Um, what are some people or couples that you think beautifully embody black love? I mean, my only one that came, that came to mind, my only, just the Obamas. Oh, top of the list. I mean, Barack and Michelle. The number one, two, three, mm. four, five. <laughs> so that's a good one for me. The 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 ones that I think about, I think about. So so. Will and Jada oh, of celebrities, yeah. right? Yeah. Will and Jada, Jay and Bay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yes. But but they are, they to me, they are number they are number three and four. Number mm-hmm. one is Barack and Michelle, easily hands down, no argument. Right. Number two, I would say they're a longtime Hollywood couple and folks don't know them very well. Angela Bassett and Courtney B. Vance. Mm. You do forget about them. That's yes. Right. How long have they been? They've been married for a grip. It's yeah. yeah. Wow. And they and they're just like Courtney B. Vance. And he's a he's a great actor, but he's a, mm-hmm. he's a laid back in the cut dude. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are good examples. Yeah. Um, I had Barack and Michelle as well. Um, Jay and Bay too. Great, great, great stuff. You know. Okay. And I'm just I'm gonna add this and as a as an addendum. Um, I am thankful in my life right now to be surrounded by amazing marriages because growing up, I just never had that. And um, that's cool. Abdul and Andres, y'all. I mean, I don't know the intricacies of your marriages, but you guys, I think you're doing such a good job. You know, it's like when I'm around you and I just see how you love on your wives and, um, and just how beautiful your marriages are. Um, that really encourages me. You well, get fifty percent black love, you know. So okay. I guess it kind of, kind of counts. <laughs> you still prove my point. <laughs> Not according to Oprah. Justine. I know. Come on, oh man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe Oprah and Stedman. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, are they are they married? No, they're not. No, but they're no. it's black love, and they've been together yes, for a grip for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, y'all. Then finally, I want to talk about love and day. You know, and we had mentioned this a little bit before, but this, um, you know, in 1967, um, this is when, and y'all might have more information on this, but this is when um, African Americans were allowed to marry white people in miscegenation laws were lifted and banned and so because of that we can have couples like abdul and gene and katie and andres um mm-hmm. like look at me Lauren farther Russell. proving your point <laughs> man i <laughs> i'm gonna Ooh. sip my tea right now this tea is delicious <laughs> Wow, soldiers! If you um, if you're listening to this, clearly I need some help. Um, so we're gonna anyway. Agony. This is the agony of defeat. Yes. <laughs> so okay, but but real talk though, um, soldiers. If you're not on our Facebook group, so it is facebook.com <laughs> forward slash groups forward slash Christian Soldier. Mm-hmm. We're gonna post a poll on that page. Oh. Because we want to hear from you and we what are. you think. That's a good one. <laughs> Sorry. So I just thought. <laughs> just, I just said right just now. now. <laughs> I made it up right now. But we're going to post a poll, though, about, <laughs> about something about what, like, your, your thoughts on black love. Because we, yeah. we, we do want to hear 
kind of what you guys Absolutely. think about this. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, and like I just I just think it's such a nuanced conversation. So Yeah, agree. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good way for us to engage. Do y'all have anything else to add about Loving Day? You're probably uh, more invested in this. You know, no other than thank you. <laughs> I know. For real. Oh, man. Other than, I mean, just, just, just the fact that somebody, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it. Right. So, so all of the, all of the privileges that we as black people have, we had to fight for. Yeah. You know, I, I can't think of any that we didn't have to fight for. Right. You know, including uh, the right to marry who we want to. And so mm-hmm. I would say, my my marriage and my children thank you mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. ditto yeah for sure yeah i think we've exhausted yeah. this one it's, abdul, it's unbelievable. abdul clearly <laughs> won we're gonna go on two hours <laughs> Jesus how do we do this yeah. how do we do this <laughs> we, we have no self-control joe rogan oh we're coming God. for you <laughs> We are <laughs> like SpongeBob. Two <laughs> hours later. <laughs> <laughs> two hours later. <laughs> All right, okay. so listeners, All right. we promise that the next <laughs> this episode, is the last time that we won't hold y'all hostage for two hours next time. <laughs> but so if but if you did listen to the whole thing, we actually really really do yeah. thank you for listening mm-hmm. and. We, we appreciate the time and, you know, this is a thing that we do for enjoyment and for fun and for love. And so we appreciate your attention because without your attention, we wouldn't be doing this. For real. So thank you. And at the same time, it's what we would have done if we were just sitting around Mm -hmm. in a living room. That's right. By a fire or whatever. This is what would have happened. This is what we do. This is exactly right. Yeah. Living room. Yeah. Well, that does it for us for now. But as always, if you like the show and the content, if you're encouraged or challenged by it, please like, subscribe, share, and drop us a review. And don't be afraid to do all three. It'll help us find folks and hopefully have them join the community because we can always use more soldiers. And if you have questions about anything you, we cover on the show, um, if you have topics you want us to discuss, or if you just want, want to reach out, become a member of our community on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Christian soldier, or email us at hello at Christian soldier.com. And you'll want to be on that this week because we're going to post that poll. So thanks again for listening. I'm Abdullah. I'm Andres. And I'm Justine. And so next time y'all keep the faith. Peace. Us. Amani. The Christian Soldier Podcast is brought to you by the Christian Soldier Collective, a Jesus-centered community dedicated to the pursuit of unity, cultural and ethnic conciliation, and social justice within the church. Theme song is the Ace by Ballpoint. The Christian Soldier Podcast is a production of the Christian Soldier Collective and Monarch Training and Development.